0: John chapter 16. Uh, <clears throat> these chapters, you know, 13 all the way through uh, 17, are probably about my favorite section in the whole Bible. So I'm a little bit biased when it comes to this, this part. It's this Jesus' uh, last announcement to His disciples, his, his last will and testament, so to speak, uh, giving them the instructions, because he is getting ready to leave this world. And he has started a, a new uh, kingdom of God on earth. And uh, these men um, that he was meeting with, and women, so, so, there were some women in, this, in, in these meetings. Uh, but in particular, he's with, he's with the twelve here in, in these chapters. Um, giving them instructions on how they were to build his kingdom on earth. And giving them uh, the, the, his heart, his last will and testament uh, to those he was leaving in the world. So John chapter 16, beginning at verse 4, <clears throat> and it says this, and this is the middle of, of, of verse 4. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Let's pray again. Lord, we just ask that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. We've all had people come and go in our lives. I remember when I was young... um, Uh, we we kind of lived we we lived near and we lived in Sumter, South Carolina near Shaw Air Force Base, and um, we we'd have some people that we knew that that worked or contracted with with the Air Force Base, and sometimes uh, they, they would leave and relocate, and uh, people I made friends with when when I was uh, you know little, just a little guy at that time. Probably about uh, we, we were there from the time I was five to eight years old. You know, I would, I would lose uh, friends because they, they had to go different places. And uh, it, it, was, it was kind of sad always to see friends go. But it was always nice to have other friends uh, that came alongside. And, and uh, I made friends with them and played with them. And, you know, uh, my parents had had good times with them. And there were times in life where, um, you know, uh, we moved away. Dad didn't move around a whole lot. He, he was a chemist. Uh, before he was ever a pastor, and there were a few jobs that he 'd take, it was always hard leaving places that we had been for for so long and then, then moving somewhere else and uh, and, and you know ha- having to find a whole new set of, of people and friends uh, where we moved to and, and lived but it's it 's always good that, that when you uh, lose someone or, or, or they leave or for whatever reason to find find new people to come along and, and help you out and and, and to be a good friend to you. And same, same way with, with people that, that, that have mentored me. I, I, I stayed in close connection uh, for a certain uh, part, um, for, for, for a little while with some of the professors that I had left there at Wesley Biblical. And some of them were very, very influential on in my life as a pastor and, and as, as a preacher and as a student of God's Word. And it was hard when, when I, when I uh, left, left the school and came back uh, to this area, you know, uh, missing people who were my mentors. But when, once I come back into uh, the EMC and got close to some of the other pastors and people that I've, uh, I've known for years, and, and some people that, that I knew from seminary had, had uh, come in, it, it was always good to have them to help me and come alongside. And, and there, there are times also when, um, uh, you know, it's, it's especially hard when we lose a loved one. And, and, and that's a difficult thing that, that comes on in our lives. And, and it's wonderful to have someone who, who is a friend who could come along and offer sympathy and comfort and encouragement to you. I think it's always good to, to, to have people like that, other family members and even people who are part of the church. It's always good to have somebody to come along inside of us and to help us. And th- this is what's happening here in, in, in these scenes with uh, Jesus and his disciples. He, he's, he's warning and, and preparing his disciples for his departure from this world. And, and his departure was not going to be easy for them. Um, we know that, that um, in, in the pages after, these, after Jesus talks to his disciples, um, he, he's arrested, he, he's tried, um, as uh, even though he was innocent, he was crucified and he died. And it did fill their hearts with sorrow and grief. And then with joy because Jesus rose again from the dead. But then he said, you know, I have to leave this world. I'm returning to my Father. And all of a sudden they're sad again. But Jesus promises them that there will be a friend to come along to help them. And that's what he talks about here. So Jesus' ascension... Would, would leave the believers um, without Him in this world. It, it, you know, his going away. This was their, their mentor, their teacher, their Lord. And, and, and they had come to believe in who He was, the, the very Son of God, uh, the Messiah coming into this world. I think some of them still had, had some doubts about that and some fears about that, especially when Jesus began telling them that he would be um, handed over to to, uh, the Jewish leadership and and to the authorities, that he would suffer and die at their hands, and then after three days would rise again. And he began predicting that to his disciples a few times uh, during during his ministry, especially after um, Jesus asked Peter the question, Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then he begins telling him, okay, now you've got one thing right. Now the next thing is, I have to suffer and die for the sins of the world. But after three days, I'll rise again. And even Peter looked at him like, you're crazy. Say it's not so, Lord. His idea of the Messiah was was that he would come, that he would um, get rid of the Roman government who were their oppressors. He would set the, the Pharisees and religious leaders right and set up his kingdom on earth. And, and would reign for Jerusalem forever and ever. The problem with, all, with, with that idea is, is that the problem isn't the oppressor of the Romans, and the problem is, isn't the, the Jewish leadership. The problem is the devil and his works, and the corruption of the human heart that needed to be dealt with. That, those were the real problems. The corruption in human hearts is what Jesus had come to deal with. And the only way to deal with that is, is, is for him to take the sins of the whole world onto himself and die on behalf of, of, of sinners who, who were on, on, on a path of, of self-destruction and death themselves and, and, and on the path to hell. I was reading a book recently and I'm just going through it and it talks about, okay, we, we tend to look at God's wrath and God's love as separate things when, when really they're very connected. Because God's love for His humanity is directed towards their sin in order to get rid of their sin in their hearts. And, and in order to give them the truth of God's Word. Lo- love is always rooted in God's truth. Love is rooted in God's self-sacrifice for His people to help them to, to get rid of sin in their lives and to prepare Him for His coming. Well, that's what Jesus had come to do. He, he, he'd come to the end of what he was supposed, supposed to do on earth. He's, he's come to the end now of, of, of all the, the, the teaching and the preaching that he did, of all the miracles, um, w- w- which were signs pointing to who he was. Jesus you know, showed them, hey, I, I'm, I'm over nature. I, I'm, I'm over your, your diseases. I'm, I'm over the demonic forces, uh, the, the works of the devil that are out there. I'm over all these things. And He showed them that and proved that. And then He showed them the, the path of, of salvation and the path of righteousness. He taught them all these wonderful and great things. And now it was time for Him to leave and move on and, 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 and return to His place next to the Father. And they were going to be left without their spiritual leader, their teacher, their friend. And, and, and this, this scene is even before Jesus... Goes through the crucifixion. He's telling them, I'm, I'm, returning, I'm, I'm getting ready to return to the Father. And, and, and you're going to be left without my presence here in, in, in the world. A, at least that's how the disciples saw it. They're, they're going to be left without Jesus' presence in the world. But he tells them, I said, it, he tells them, it is to your advantage that I go away. Now, that doesn't sound very good at all. <laughs> I mean, the Lord and Savior, the, their teacher and friend, the one that, that loved them. In fact, John, the author of this book, calls himself the one who Jesus loved over and over again. John, John rarely uses his own name, uh, or, or, if ever, in, in, in the Gospel of John. Uh, he calls himself the one whom Jesus loved, uh, not because uh, John was arrogant and said Jesus loved me more than everybody else. No, he's, saying, he's talking about Jesus' love for him and the fact that he suffered and died for his sins. Uh, but anyway, the, the one, the one that, that they loved and the one who loved them was about to, to leave this world. But Jesus tells them, I'm going back to the Father. You know, I'm, you know it's, not, it's not like um, that His suffering and death are going to be the end. He was going back to His Father and returning to His glory next to the glorious throne of, of God. And um, His, his um, business there is, is to intercede for us before the Father. But he says, it's to your advantage that, that I go, because first of all, he, he, he's returning to the Father, to his glorious throne as, as king of over all the universe, but he's also sending us somebody else called the helper. Now in this context, it mentions the, the helper, it, it uses the word helper. I think the more correct term here is advocate. That, that Jesus, when He was here, you know, he, he was the God-man. He was the bridge between the divine and, 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 and divinity and humanity because He Himself was, was God and man together. But He was leaving this world. He was going to send them another person to advocate between, between them and God. And this advocate, this helper, would be with them forever. And, uh, and, 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 and that person is the Holy Spirit. And He promised that to His believers that, that, that the Spirit would be with you forever. And He would guide you into all truth. And that He would, he would lead and, 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 and be your, your teacher, your helper, and your guide in, in my absence. Because I, you know, I, I'm returning to the glorious throne of the universe. That, that, that this Spirit represents me in this world. He says, if, if, I, if I don't go, you won't have this um, advocate, th- this eternal Advocate forever. Jesus is giving us the Holy Spirit as a gift, as 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 sort of a, a a a person to come alongside of us in His absence, to help us and guide us, even without Jesus in this world. And Jesus mentions three specific things that that we needed uh, now that He is He is He's in heaven. Um, and, and and these three things are things that he did while he was on this this earth. But now the spirit is going to do us uh, these do these things for us in a more intimate and and close way, because because the spirit, uh, because he's spirit, he, he he he's not limiting himself in time and space like Jesus did. When Jesus became a man, he limited himself in time and space, and he limited his uh, his his will to the Father's. But now here comes the, the Holy Spirit who's able to be with everyone, all the believers, would be poured out on all flesh. And this is what we talk about when we talk about Pentecost. That, that happens a few days later after all this. Um, a, after His ascension. But, but he, he promised that, that He would not leave them alone in this world. And that, that they would have somebody who would, who would fulfill Jesus' role. And those three things that He mentions here are, are one... He would convict the world concerning its sin because the world does not believe in him. There's no greater work of. of, When Jesus was here, uh, you know, he was loving and he was not judgmental, but he was not afraid to confront people's sins. In fact, he says, um, you know, the, the Jews will not eat with sinners. Jesus did. Why? Because Jesus said. The well don't need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to save the righteous, but sinners. Because he knew that that they um, had had turned away and had rebelled against God, had rebelled against His law, and they needed somebody to guide them back. And he was offering restoration and redemption to those who were sinful. And now the Spirit is going to do the same thing. The Spirit is going to convict the world concerning its sin, and sin is rooted in unbelief. It always is. Sin, sin is rooted in, in, in the, this lack of belief in, in, in all the things of who God is. And so the Spirit shows us our sin. The sin shows us. I mean, that the Spirit shows us and helps us to, to put our finger on, on, on that sin and then, and then bring it under the gracious forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. And so we must confess our sins and if we confess our sins, God's word says, He's faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus did that while He was present in the world. Now He's leaving. And now the Spirit comes and convicts us concerning our sin. And the second thing that that, that this advocate, this helper, this, the Holy Spirit would do is to, um, you know, Talk to us and, and teach and speak to us concerning righteousness. And Jesus says this, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. While Jesus was here on the earth with these with these twelve men and 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 the other disciples too, that there were plenty of women, but, but but the twelve were the ones he was using to um, set up his new kingdom on earth. Um when he was here, he was the example of righteousness. He taught what righteousness was. Um, If you you want to learn a lot about righteousness, uh, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, are are key in understanding that. Uh, Righteousness simply means being right in God's sight. Being right with His standard. uh, How to live according to to God's will and way, because His His will and way are, are what's right. It might even, you know, it has to do with all those things tied to um, worshiping God and 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 living a moral life before Him and then having ethics, loving others around us, and how we treat other people. Because if we we say that we're Christians, we've got to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength, and then love our neighbor as ourself. All the things concerning righteousness, Jesus lived out before them. He, he was the Word, God's commands, made flesh. And he, he, he revealed God's Word, and His will and His way to people. And now He is leaving this world, and now the Holy Spirit is the one who comes and shows us God's righteousness. And He does it in an even, even more personal and intimate way, especially those who believe and accept Jesus Christ as Savior. The Spirit is poured out onto all flesh, And and it's so important that that we surrender our hearts and lives to the Holy Spirit, that we we stay in prayer and ask the Spirit to show us what righteousness is and help us to live in God's will and way. But God has not left us alone to figure that out on our own and to spin our wheels on it. He has given us an advocate and a helper, someone to hold us up, someone to encourage us, someone to strengthen us. Well, at the same time, he... Reminds us of all that that God wants us to do, and 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 shows us. And and, and the more that we um, seek out God's Spirit that He's given to all believers, all, all who believe in Him, all who have received uh, Christ as Savior, he, we have His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us and shows us what's righteous, what what, what righteousness is. And then the third thing that that Jesus did on Earth, and now. Uh, you know, he, He's ascending and the Spirit is descending. All the things that, one of the things that Jesus did on earth what, what was to warn people about the coming judgment on the whole world because of its sin. And especially the devil. The devil is the one who is under judgment. And all those who, who are still caught up in their sins and rebelling against God are, are unfortunately sharing in that judgment and condemnation that, that is on the devil. But, but, but the Spirit is, is, is there to warn us about the coming judgment. That, that, that the world would, would correct itself and, and, make, and make things right. But I would even say more so than that. The Spirit is helping us to prepare ourselves for God's judgment. Because God is going to judge all flesh. Based on what they've done. You know in, in giving their hearts and lives to jesus Christ and in and in living in obedience to Jesus Christ, God is going to judge the whole world for that, and the only way that that we can do that is it, it be ready for god's judgment is to allow god's spirit to purify us through faith to to remove sin not only and this is the wonderful work of the holy Spirit in in my understanding. Not only does the Spirit convict us concerning our sin, not only does the the Spirit teach us what righteousness is, the Spirit actually does something within us to prepare us to face God's judgment, and that that is to purify us. To purify our hearts, because only the pure in heart are going to be able to enter God's kingdom when it comes. And and, and, and it's in the judgment when God is going to weigh those hearts. But if we allow the Spirit to do His work now... In our own hearts and lives, in purifying us and preparing us for that time when we face uh, God's um, burning white hot judgment. Um, if we want to do that, we've got to allow the Spirit to purify our hearts. And we and that, that's by faith that you know we, we we believe in Jesus Christ's sacrifice is is and, and his shed blood is the thing that purifies our hearts from all sins. But, but, it, but it's never just a one time deal, this, this purification. We still live in a sinful world. Uh, and, 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 and we still live in, uh, with, with hearts that, that are still feeling the effects of our corruption. And, and, and so we, we need the Spirit to continue to purify us of those sins. It's, it's, it's never just a one time deal or, or a one time decision. When we make the decision, that sets us on, on a path towards God's Spirit working within us to purify us from our sins, to, to help heal us from the effects of that corruption, and to help us to become more and more like, like Christ, and, and help us to live up to God's standards. We can't possibly do it on our own. We needed Jesus as, as the perfect sacrifice for sins to, to destroy the power of sin, and to destroy the works of the devil, to, to um, stand um, um, in our behalf where we deserve to die, Jesus took that on Himself, so that we did not have to die, but we can have eternal life if we turn to Him. Jesus did that, but that is the first step, because how do you undo a whole life full of, of, of sin and corruption? That's where the Holy Spirit steps in and works with us, and helps us and guides us. And also, is, is the, not, not only does He tell us what we have to do, He helps us and He does something in us, He purifies our hearts so that we can live as God wants us to do. And it's, it's faith all the way. It's not just me spinning my wheels. If I have faith in the Holy Spirit and I say, you know, Holy Spirit, show me if there's anything still in me that's separating me from, from, from God the Father, Show me and then purify me from it because I believe in your purifying power. He can do it. And not only are are, our sins, plural, taken away, those individual sins that we commit, He helps to undo the source of sin within, that sinful nature. Jesus has not left us alone to figure it out on our own. He is on the glorious throne today next to the Father, who, who are right now know us and see us, but His presence is felt in the world through His Holy Spirit. And His presence is with us even now. And even as we prepare our hearts for communion, Jesus is ascending, or has ascended, and His Spirit has descended to us to help us today, to bless us. And we're so thankful for that. Partaking in communion is a reminder of what God has, has done for us through the Son Jesus Christ and a reminder of the continual work that He does through the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said that we are to partake of this until we come into the new kingdom where we will take it uh, anew with Him at the great marriage supper of the Lamb. And so we take this Um, Gladly we take it joyously, but we also need to be reflective about our own sin and what it cost Jesus Christ to do so. I'm going to ask our ushers if they'll come forward to help us serve Deland and, and Michael.